Capcom presents. Capcom presents. Time to go to work, guys. Even as a child, I had powers. There's demonic blood in me. What strength? You were the first one to know about my vengeance. It looks like I'm getting closer. It seems that way, but I'm not your enemy. My name is Trish. I came here to seek your help. To put an end to the underworld. What? Hey, welcome to Capcom Unity Official Podcast Episode 5. This is Brett Elston of Capcom Unity fame and not so much fame. And sitting with me is uh, Greg. Uh, Greg Moore here, also known as Greg a Man, also known as Greg and Goblins. Uh, don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, sorry. We're thinking about rescinding that nickname. <laughs> Man. If you revel in it, we'll take it away. <laughs> That's right. It's supposed to be a badge of shame. This is Seth uh, Killian, uh, also from Capcom, as you might imagine. <laughs> Uh, so the big thing this episode is uh, at the end of the show, we actually explain how you can win um, one of two fight sticks uh, for Street Fighter Cross Tekken, but they will work with any fighting game of your choice. But they are branded the Cross Tekken sticks uh, from Mad Cat's, uh, the newer ones. Not the Versus stick, but rather the regular. Uh, there's one PS3. The one standalone. Yes. yes the, the, uh, one PS3, one 360, and uh, we'll explain how to do that a little later in the show. But uh, right up top, Greg, you were talking about who was it you were saying burped and said the word bite? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story. My dad uh, used to consistently say the word bite every single time he belched. And then that let us wonder, um, like, do people actually say a lot of words when they belch? I didn't know this was going to actually make it onto the cat. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing that your dad does. Yeah, I was wondering if it was a thing. Not Apparently a thing. not. Like, saying, because he had said that uh, when he was young, I think his uncle or someone he knew used to say a different word when he belched. <laughs> so, made it his own, I see. I, yeah. have, I have a friend who will say Ralph every time he burps, so he'll go, Ralph, Ralph, well, There you Ralph, go, so Ralph. it is a thing. Um, and then, now it is a thing, I guess. And then we'll mix it up. He'll, he'll, sometimes he'll go, Nader, on the last one. <laughs> sometimes he'll say, Wiggum, and throw you off completely because uh-huh. you're used to hearing Nader the whole time. And then one time, and he only did this once, was a Machio at the end. Man. And had enough wherewithal. I like the Machio. Uh, you have a lot of gassy friends, though. Apparently, this is the same friend. Yeah, it's uh, just the one, just the one gassy yeah. friend. I mean, you know, you're drinking a lot of liquid. I was referencing some of your other friends who are also gassy. They are gassy people. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Mm. It's just that. Does say something about me? Gassy is a really awful adjective, by the way. <laughs> gassy. It's a very gassy attitude, even for a gas station. <laughs> Still, it's completely accurate. Just purely descriptive. Still gross. How gassy is the gas? It's just that he was so consistent with saying bite to get back. Bite. <laughs> it, it seemed like it wasn't even intentional. You are know? you, or like, are you one of those people who's able to fake burp on command? Can you? No, not at all. I'm 
Certainly not. I can kind of do that. I was a great source of great shame for me in grade yeah. school. Because uh, a... you need to be told to do it constantly. There no, was... I, I couldn't do it. Oh, you I'm can't not, do it. Everyone was fake burping it uh, up, and I'd be like... That oh. is shameful. It's just childhood trauma. Stand in the corner, yeah. There uh, was one gentleman in our on our court who could vomit on command, <laughs> and he used to, uh, used to do that to terrorize us. Wow. That's there's there's so much to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he gentleman. Was, he's a troubled boy. On your court, you lived on a court. We lived on a court, like a tennis court. Was, uh, we lived. I'm not going to say the name. Like the judicial system court. <laughs> in case, in case, in case someone Capcom has a, people, people listening to this podcast, in case one of like listeners has a what like a B29 court. bomber. To go back in time and the, find the court you. on which you don't live anymore. This is a really embarrassing name. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> More embarrassing than your vomiting friend. I can see why you'd want. Oh, to hide that's the why name he was there. But uh, Capcom, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. Uh, yeah. So moving on to something related to video games. I just wanted to. I just wanted to break the ice with, the, which I did not know would lead to a man who could projectile. Vom- well, I'm just gonna right. guess vomit. Well, it wasn't a projectile. It was just the regular. Okay. Did you have to hit him in the stomach? No, no. He would just sit Indian style. I guess that <laughs> Indian words. style. That's the worst way to do it because you just. How did he avoid hitting himself? He would have to sort of lurch forward mm. on uh. our lawn, <laughs> which is where he would do it. Wow. We should... Uh, and you just it. watch disapprovingly, or would you be like egging him on, like, do it, do it, do it? No, we would watch disapprovingly. That's exactly <laughs> what we did. <laughs> but you can't get him off your lawn. What's true. Once he's assumed shit, that right? Indian position, yeah. you're just at risk of being vomited on if you right. that approach was... once he's in that state. And you see him setting up, and you're like, oh, please don't. Oh, there he goes. He was like some breeds of toad. That can, you know, it was a defense mechanism. Okay. Or really more of an offense mechanism. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of offense, everybody. Make people vomit in Street Fighter 2 just by punching them with a fear. Good punch in the gut, which was contentious for the Super NES version back in the day. That's right. So, video games. There you go. There you go. And a big collection of video games out this week is the Capcom (laughs) Digital Collection. Barely tied it back. That also has Street Fighter 2. It has a HD remix in there, which. came out at the very end of 08, and uh, to me was like, that was the first, I think, real connection to Capcom Unity that I was exposed to when I was in the games press, because it was like, I knew Overclocked Remix before that, and was a big fan, and knew Udon before that, so then hearing that they were going to both be involved in this very, like, loving, caring remake, and, and seeing that happen, so that, to me, from the press, like, that was kind of the first big, like, Wow, Capcom's paying attention to doing this community thing. That's really amazing. Like, there's that's kind of an unprecedented thing. So, to have that available on a disc is, is I think, it's pretty. <laughs> no, it's true. It hasn't been on a disc before. Yeah, I thought that was. I mean, that game in and of itself is is amazing. So, and I know disc worthy. It's, it's been yeah. three, almost three and a half years since it came out, which is kind of makes me feel really old. But uh, three three and a half years makes you feel no. Old. Just to think like no, just think like how long I, like that still feels pretty recent. I'm like oh uh, yeah, I, I remember exactly when that happened. It's like that was three and a half years ago. Yeah. Like almost the time it took you to go all the way through high school. That's how much time has passed. That's true. So Thinking you, about it like a high school. Yeah, that's, think that's about it. And then it's, a it's good like unit of time. Yeah. Whereas high school seemed like 100 million years. And sure this, did. And this is like no, that exact time has almost passed since this game you liked. And think about what you've done in that time. I'm. Um, very sad now. Yeah, excellent. My work is done, and uh, but also in that is 1942 Joint Strike, which I actually had a lot of fun with uh, yeah. playing co-op. We did a stream the other day, and a fun I, stream. I like how the planes are legally distinct from the planes that they are trying to invoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to pay for that license. Uh, <laughs> Final Fight Magic Sword combo, which Final Fight arcade version. I love that the the mock-up arcade unit with the you know messy messed up stickers, like that whole aesthetic. I think is Screen really cool. Burn. Yeah. Screen burn. Yeah. Screen. Yeah. That that's a fu- scan lines. 
that's a fun collection. Magic Sword is I didn't play much of that back in the day, but like that was a game when in between playing the numerous fighting games, um, that would be the one like when the fighting games were all taken up. And you'd, ha- you'd eventually have to go like, well, oh, I guess I'll just move down the row. You've been bounced off the last machine. Yeah, and you're like, well, what else is here? There's see here, In the Hunt and uh, oh. Buster Brothers, and well, what, what's this Magic Sword? Isn't the Capcom thing? Let me check this out. And then like, I never really bit. If I could have belched, that would have been a great callback. But I didn't have it in me. Literally, everybody. Try some yeah. of this key lime soda. I found. Mm, I can burp on command, but that that just seems I shouldn't do it. Right. Here. I'll show you. It's a little showy. I'll prove it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to... Ooh. Especially given my Just past. letting us know is enough. <laughs> um, Super Street Fighter 2 HD Remix, as I mentioned, and then Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, which is adorably awesome. Um, one of the best puzzle games, competitive puzzle game. I super love it. Indeed. Like, I, one of the best super deformed puzzle games let me make of, this. of the entire early Xbox era. <laughs> Xbox 360, of course. Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, even without getting that specific. I, uh, no, it's, this it's, game's a ton of fun. I love it. All the time. And uh, that, I somehow missed an, its initial run, Gym Fighter. Yep. The beginning of Gyms, as it were, for uh, <laughs> that's, that's Street that's Fighter. Right. Uh, yeah. It, the whole concept came from. Yeah. <laughs> I had totally missed that and uh, saw it at a Nickel City around here, uh, not like just a couple years ago, and I was like, what? Like, I'd been in the games industry even for like four years, and I've never heard of that. Like, it. I guess by the time it happened, my arcades and where I grew up were just like, oh, no, not touching that. Yeah, it sort of slipped beneath the radar, and it was just also you'd see it and assume it was... It's just sort of bizarre. Like, it's sort of a game you can look directly at, and then somehow it doesn't enter your brain that it's like a real game. Yeah. Uh But so flashy with uh, all the gems flying everywhere. Tons of fun stuff you can do in that game. Lots of cool combos. Yeah. Um, Rocket Men is in here. Flock as well, which uh, Flock I love. Uh, I never got to play it because of, I mentioned, uh, like a one of those games I did not get a chance to actually sink my teeth into, but just the fact that that Blanca thing is in there <laughs> and having him roll around is just like tip of the hat. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, Flock, Flock has a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, Flock, Bionic Commando Rearm 2, the Yay. sequel to the very awesome Bionic Commando, and Rearm 2 has, like, we did the co-op stuff, and, like, co-op is super fun, and the music, again, is super great, Simon Vicklin stuff, and, uh, like I said in the stream, like, one of the last levels in the game where you're, like, going from missile to missile that has been launched is, mm-hmm. like, this just uh, if I can do the fine the Italian thing uh, to that level, which is just buying a commando in its purest form. It's like it's pure skill. It will take you a hundred tries, but when you do it, mm-hmm. it's like you've earned it. But it's not unfair. You're not like I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Don't you know exactly what you're supposed to do? And the controls are such that you are fully capable of doing the thing you need to do. It's just getting it all down, and uh, that was like the highlight of the game for me. Mm-hmm. And also, Commando Three: Wolf of the Battlefield, or is it Wolf of the Battlefield Commando Three? Their preferred, uh, fair question. The preferred way. And should we throw a colon in there somewhere just for good measure? I remember when we were going back and forth over that. It was a real, I think there was some legality or something when a naming process was happening. Uh, well, but it was, a, it was a hot mess. And so the original commando was called Wolf of the Battlefield in Japan, as yes. I recall. Or Wolves of the Battlefield. Yeah, there was something but, about that tied up in there. It seems, you know, you see that once in a while where they, they bring back a series and they just combine the titles from different regions like uh what was it Castlevania game on PS2 The Lament of Innocence yeah. that was called Castlevania in Japan just oh, Castlevania just cast- was because it? everything up until then was called like Demon's Castle Oh Akimo- yeah yeah, Akimo- yeah. I wish they wouldn't do that <laughs> It's too late <laughs> that's, that's too late already happened yep. yeah I actually liked Lament of Innocence quite a bit another yeah, a good one. amazing soundtrack by the way do you, uh, do you was it lamenting that you were 
innocent. It's it's actually it's at the never time added up to me. At the time was the be- canonical beginning of the Belmont curse. Yeah, but this is the clearly. game that sets it all up. So the innocence is gone, and you're kind of lamenting the lost innocence. That's huh. not what lament of innocence lament would of, actually lament mean. Of guilt. I, I think it's just a bunch of emo words that they throw together. They're done. Subtitle. It, and, uh, it seems Fighter like three, until then attack, they had a, a musical attack. motif going on, and then like, I don't know, is lament a musical term as well? Uh, actually, you could use it as a musical term. It may be a musical term. Maybe yes. that's what they mean. Well, the next one was Curse of Darkness. So, yeah, uh, so they broke it anyway. Yeah. But yeah, then they went Aria of Sorrow, and then there was Harmony of Dissonance. And, and there's Lords of Shadow was also not a not musical a musical term. Lord of Musical <laughs> Yeah, Lord. Yeah. I'm a big Castlevania fan, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Right. But Capcom published that, right? But shout-outs <laughs> to Castlevania. Um, but yeah, Capcom Digital Collection collects all those games um, for a $140 bite. Price. bite. $40 <laughs> for all those games. What a deal. That sounds like it's like a... $500 value. Well, it's 7,600 <laughs> Microsoft but. points if you bought them individually. 7,600 Microsoft points translates to $400? Uh, either one ride on the tube slide or uh, one trip around the go-kart. An elephant What here. is that in Avatar clothes? <laughs> you could buy, let's see, 37 <laughs> shirts. Oh, good. Oh, one vintage Iron Maiden shirt. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if if you didn't have an internet connection or like me until very recently had just the 20 gig 360 that came out like in the wah, early wah. days where I'm like deleting things off and storing <laughs> them on, uh, that's a good way to get them all in one spot without having to deal with hard drive space. So that's also pretty cool. And it's out now 360 only, although there's a comparable deal on PSN. Right. Uh, the same games or. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a couple switched in and out because of it came out a while ago. Right. Yeah. But we'll mention that later in digital deals. Since we were talking about Street Fighter, though, uh, a while back. Look, I can either like try to find some way to segue these things together, or when we have a bunch of desperate disparate topics, I can just say, Despe- next topic. Next topic. Or, or just I just felt patronized that you'd assume I was always just constantly talking about Street Fighter. Well, we were just talking about Street Fighter. I do. I am. Maybe that could be a new superpower. I can tie any topic of conversation back, back to, to Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. Don't challenge that, please. That sounds like a whole new segment. <laughs> Whoops. So since you want to talk about Street Fighter so bad, uh, this past <laughs> weekend, uh, this past weekend uh, was NorCal Regionals. It was, yeah. It was fun. It's, uh, it's the 10th anniversary of the NorCal oh. Regionals, which has been a great tournament that's been running here for a long time, longer than I've lived here in NorCal. So I came here about a little over five years ago, mm. and uh, it was under the leadership of John Choi, a uh, famous American Street Fighter player. Uh, he's, I think, the only man ever to win two Street Fighter games at a single Evo wow. um, in two different categories. Yes, it was a amazing performance. What were um, the two games? Good question. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Capcom versus SNK 2 and Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, hmm. if I had to guess. And I remember him mostly as... Anyway, and you so did. he ran the event for years, and this was the first year he's handed it off to some other people. He's gotten busy with other things in life and felt uh, the event would be best served handing it off. So he did that, and uh, it was a huge success. Uh, I think they broke their previous attendance records and nice. had, uh, I think, 550 players and maybe 800 people or so in the room. But it was nice. It ran at uh, uh, San Francisco State University right. here, and they did a great job and uh, had some Street Fighter Cross Tekken matches there as well as Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition and... Uh, Marvel versus Capcom 3. So I was going to say, it seems like UMVC 3 seems to uh, keep introducing 
seemed for a while like it was, people were kind of settling on Team Trenchcoat, like, oh, this is unbreakable, like this, not no stopping this, and then uh, yes, that's kind of being just proven. The internet likes to decide. Up, oh, right. this, game, this game's pretty much locked up. We got this yeah. figured out. But Marvel, Marvel games have such a incredible breadth and space of possibilities that, um, as we've seen at recent tournaments, you know, Kusaro came to yeah. Atlanta and blew yeah. everybody up. That's amazing. With uh, beautiful Joe, uh, Rocket Raccoon, and Frank West. Frank West. People pretty much thought they had. Oh, I think they got <laughs> this game pretty well figured out. Nope, you don't. Um, there's like a million billion possibilities. Um, even just uh, playing with the dev team and things like that in Japan, uh, I've seen them do um, amazingly strong stuff that, uh, frankly, U.S. players are are just not thinking about yet because mm. it's you know it's hard enough to work on some of the executional parts of the game. Right. Um, and there's only I think a small subset of players that actually spend the time trying to explore what they call new technology. Yes. Um, which is one of my favorite things about the game and what keeps it so. So constantly thrilling for me, but uh, we did a bunch of Street Fighter and uh, basically just had a great time. So good, good way to see some uh, a lot of old friends and some some new friends as well. So what were the uh, like leading into Unity? What was kind of the, the takeaway winners? Uh, a guy from Korea actually won the Street Fighter Cross Tekken tournament. His name is Infiltration. Then he ended up staying at my house later, which was not <laughs> part of the plan. It was huh. like. You realize this isn't the prize, right? <laughs> you get to you're, hang out with me. You're not entitled to come and sleep at my house. Like this is anyway. No, it was great. It was just uh, they were they were closer to my house, and I'm going to drop them off at the airport. So we did that, but uh, he managed to pull out a win um, and uh, really made the game. Was playing a game, I think, properly. I think the American players struggled to realize when the right time to tag out might be, mm. and did this sort of stand and deliver instead, right. where it's like, oh no, I'm not backing off right it's an easy pitfall to get stuck in but yeah then you realize i have another character with a whole meter and my life recharges pretty quick yes and i need to start tagging get out or i will lose and then that's kind of what kept happening to some Mm. of the american player they have a lot of cool combos and a lot of cool setups and stuff like that but uh as far as the whole meta game i don't think they're they're not quite there yet but uh, hopefully this will be a a wake-up call um and then uh yeah the Filipino champ, a NorCal player, mm-hmm. uh, managed to win the Marvel competition. And Street Fighter went to Ricky Ortiz, who's a great, great player. Yep. Uh, also a NorCal local. Um, those guys are certainly some of the strongest players in the world, regardless of NorCal, which it means Northern California for anybody <laughs> yeah. that's not from NorCal, <laughs> yeah. for which it's a way of life. There's a ton of right. T-shirts and of tattoos course. and of whatever course. sold yeah. about the NorCal theme. And I mean, from the Midwest, every time when I first heard the word SoCal... I thought they were talking about Soul Calibur. <laughs> like for years, I'm just like, oh yeah, Soul Calibur. And then uh, they weren't. They were. They were not. Uh, cool, cool story, know, bro. Like, and then I've already started seeing uh, teases for Shadowy Showdown, which I know is still a bit away, but it looks like teases have already begun. For yeah, it. I mean, there's there's just constantly great events uh, all over right. the world, and Shadowy Showdown's a uh, thing that some guys from uh, Melbourne, as they say in right. Mel- Melbourne, Melbourne, as I would say it, which is the right way. <laughs> Of course. Uh, Name the country, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just down in Australia recently and met a lot of great Street Fighter players there, including some of the guys from Melbourne. Uh, Brisbane? Yeah, I didn't. I don't truck with the Brisbane people. I don't, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what happens in Brisbane. I don't want to know. There's a Brisbane up here in California. I don't know oh, about yeah. those guys either. It's this weird, like, New Zealandy looking town <laughs> and, like, tucked into the armpit of a hill. It's really weird. Um, but Shadowy Showdown, those right. guys from uh, Melbourne have done great stuff and uh, pulling a lot of the top Japanese players and now uh, players from around the world. I know uh, Justin Wong from, you know, another great Street Fighter player will be down there as well. 
Um, so I'm sure it'll be a lot of great, great matches out of that. Yep. And then, I mean, it all culminates in EVO, like, first week of July, second week of July? When is, that's a fair question. When is, when is EVO? I think it's in July. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, you know, but the tournaments actually don't stop with right. EVO at all. Like, there's tournaments of pretty course. much around the clock all the time, every week, every year, um, which is fantastic, so... Yes, it is July 6th through 8th at Fabulous Caesars Palace again. I, it's all a blur to me. Like, <laughs> I don't distinguish between hotels in Las I know. Vegas. It's, it was weird. We were talking about this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched the Evo stream. Like, last year's I was in Florida, so I, like, had to, like, find hotel or, you know, hotel and, and room Wi-Fi when I could to watch. And it, really bad Wi-Fi, but I kept trying to, I'm like, yeah, this stream and that. And then I remember watching in 10, I remember watching in 09 and, like, watching this stream and you're like, and realize that you never watched a live stream because you're always there and it's like oh that <laughs> makes total sense you've actually never watched and I, whereas i my entire experience with evo was only live streams i think many many people are in the same boat yeah but, obviously uh, yeah obviously but, a lot of fun so. yeah my goal this year is i really want i've been trying to go like in the games press for like two or three years straight and like last year i had a plan where when i was at radar we made this world of street fighter map and i was like oh man i want to make this thing into an actual poster and we can have it at evo and then it never happened. You and did make the you did make the wallpaper. The though. image the image exists on Games Radar. It's a world according to Street Fighter map, and it's, it's actually still my, my background on. Uh, yeah, I don't know why it's kind of a garbage background. It's, it's like, actually a horrible background because it's it's the imagery. Yeah. They look like icons, yeah, so it's so very confusing. It masks all the. Fortunately, <laughs> I don't use my desktop, but yeah, but it's it's a it's a really cool piece of art that an artist put together. Um, Shoutouts to Cheryl for doing that. It's I would love to see it as a poster. Like it just seems like a very cool poster. Dare to dream. If Alas. You slap that branding off there. You can make it your own. But speaking of events, uh, Evo, everybody, before that, uh, very recently, or very upcoming very soon, is PAX East, which we will be uh, streaming live from Friday, Saturday, Sunday of PAX East. Oh, yes. Um, as we are wont to do at said events, and we'll continue slowly turning into Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Happens so it's naturally. Gonna be some, some sweet That's dragon's dogma there. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that'll probably be our main thing on the stream. Uh, we're streaming hours and hours <laughs> of Dragon's Dogma. Well, a couple hours, a couple days. Yeah, and uh, should be a fun romp. But like, uh, like the goal was to kind of like really dig into the meat of the game and like show like some possibilities and like not so much hung up on like the who and the why and the story and all this stuff, but like just Lord Fauntleroy. There will be a little yeah. bit of that, but yeah, we just I mean, just want to show you some new stuff. You show must you stop the dragon. Yeah. And, but it's show you how free it is, and well, it's, the game won't be free, but show you how free you will be when you play the game. Your range and, uh, of motion and your options. Your range of thank you. And plus, hovering as that wizard. And the wizard hovering hover. is gonna like what already can't you hover over. Yeah. Like I can just see some people immediately their heads cracking in half. Like I'm going to break the world with that move. Can, <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. the whole point. That's yeah. why, that's that's why it's awesome. The game, yeah, and there's just lots of fun little tricks you can like. If you're an archer, you can pin enemies to a wall and then just slot them horribly nice um lots of fun little tricks like that. that's good <laughs> the way you went hovering there is yeah we're having a happy hovering you, chat. Well, look you went straight to i want to slaughter everybody but it's in such an overblown comical way that's what they all say well <laughs> you're right um but no that that yeah the point of those streams is to like just show off a lot of the cool stuff you can do so we'll do that on saturday uh, for a couple hours and sunday we'll have an actual schedule for paxi's posting uh, closer to the event but uh much like we did it at Comic-Con um, San Diego, and well, I did the one for New York where we just kind of stream all day, but then we're going to try to have some like uh, bullet point times, so, like make sure you tune in at this exact time because we're going to go on this like tour of D Dragon's Dogma and show um, 
some cool stuff. And also, if you're looking at Capcom Unity, um, OXM UK has posted a series of quite like informative slash funny slash very legitimately cool videos showing like the the possibilities in Dragon's Dogma, like showing. I don't know. It's the only kind of videos I've really seen where people were like really someone who really dug into it and didn't just mm-hmm. go on the main quest and was just kind of like, here, look at all the stuff you can do with leveling up. And if I cross this with this job, I can do this or get this pawn to use this spell while I take over this job. And uh, just showing the the variation that's possible. Yeah, Very it definitely cool. has some of that open world flavor where there's just mm-hmm. a lot of different a lot of different ways you can play and uh, some really unique aspects versus other RPGs. One mm-hmm. of the things. Mm-hmm that uh, sometimes frustrates me with RPGs is I like really hard games, like abusively hard games. Hmm. Um, so I'm thinking like Super Meat Boy, I yep. want to be the guy. Yeah. Guys, games that make you feel bad about yourself. Street Fighter, you know, <laughs> right. that's that's the kind of level of difficulty I like. And I don't usually get that from RPGs. Like it's usually by the time you're facing a battle, if you're leveled up, right. you're totally able to handle most anything that comes your way. Uh, Dragon's Dogmas can be pretty dangerous in a oh, lot yeah. of ways, especially at night, just mm. cruising around. Uh, oh, yeah. You can't really see very far because yeah. it's night and there's not like a big city with tons of lights around if you're yep. in the forest yeah i like the idea of making night threatening yeah uh, and yeah. if you're off the beaten path it's dangerous so all that areas. stuff is very cool and they show in one of those oxm videos one of the abilities is like you can actually shoot like a light yeah like yeah, yeah. light beam that sticks into a, a tree archer. and kind of lights up the area but still even then it's only like basically a lamp post so you get this cool <laughs> area effect of light that's like maybe you lit up a nest of monsters and you're like ah god yeah <laughs> I always imagine when yeah when Pee Wee Herman crashes off the cliff and then turns on his headlight mm. goggles. No one remembers this. And mm-hmm. then there's like he's surrounded by terrifying things, and oh, then immediately God. turns off the light. I may have some like From repressed the... memory of this. This it's is a very weird part of the movie that most people sort of don't remember. It's been a right. long time. Like I'd say over ten years since it, maybe fifteen, close to twenty. I bet <laughs> might might be time for Pee Wee's big adventure. Wow, it might be. But uh, something about that is I remember Large Marge. And that's pre pre large march. Okay, that yeah. freaked me out pretty bad. This is right after anyway. Okay, uh, anyway, Pee Wee recounting later. <laughs> yes, uh, we can derail the whole show for this. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not above that. I can run through it scene by scene. <laughs> I've seen the film many times. Um, let's see. Yeah, for, for for Pax East, uh, that's that's the streaming schedule. We'll also have some uh, Devil May Cry collection is out next week. Um, we'll have a bit more on that. A bit more on that game a little later in the show. Um, but we'll probably stream some of that or to some degree. Although streaming that is problematic because it's like. Unless you have a true right. HD, like solid 1080p stream or something to really show you the difference. It will at least look wider than <laughs> the original version. It will look wider. Um, Which is really what people are in it for. Right. I mean, additional I'm, width. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like, girth, right. if you will. Girth. It's, to be fair, though, the extra width, because that game does have uh, fixed camera angles, the yeah. extra width actually does sort of change everything in certain i mean it doesn't change everything but it it's sort of what's that so like classic resident evil it's like to remake that it's not just going in and yeah. like changing stuff it's like no these were fixed camera you angles literally see more of the screen but yeah we'll we'll have an actual schedule up as to what we're streaming and when but definitely the dogma stuff is kind of the highlight that's the next big push uh for for capcom is mm-hmm. uh, dragon's dogma which when i first saw it like a year ago it captivated as a press i was like immediately like i got thrown up by an ai partner on top of a griffin that was set on fire and crashed it to the ground and this <laughs> is the most amazing thing i've ever because for me grabbing things is like adding that physicality and being able to like running up and grabbing a goblin and just throwing him off the cliff is like thank you i'm <laughs> like anything that lets me grab enemies is like yes thank you because if i was a fighter and i got in one inch from the face we wouldn't just keep smacking each other like let's have sword play yeah like i just love being able to grab enemies and either like 
like final fight punch them in the face or flip them or whatever like just something to let you know that these are objects that exist and not two hitboxes colliding with each other like not just tiny numbers appear around them. yeah yeah so uh, yeah that you have done 14 damage yeah that yeah. element alone makes me makes me pretty excited so i'm eager to play uh quite a bit more but at this point i've barely scratched the surface i think greg at this point you've much more familiar with it than yeah I am. more than scratched the surface more than um so yeah we'll look forward Gouged to the surface i've yes pierced plunged tailed yeah, we'll have more on that. Uh, definitely watch your stream. Uh, let's see, that'll be April 7th and 8th, I guess? 6th, I think, is uh, PAX. My dates are all screwed up. Uh, yeah, 7th and 8th. Um, but also, if you are privy to the goings-on of Capcom, Captivate is also coming up quite soon. So uh, the next show, the next podcast we do, should have uh, whatever the fallout of the... Cap- a cornucopia of information about... A lot of a bevy. Channels. Can I, I use... Cor- uh, cornucopia corn- is bigger than a bevy. Okay. You're bringing it down a notch with Okay. A uh, menagerie. Huh the noun was (laughs) so we'll take a break now and go into uh the midpoint of the show with uh greg you actually interviewed we had a community interview that you had yeah i was talking to seraphie who you'll probably catch uh over in the monster hunter forums and we talked about monster hunter and some other stuff nice so we'll go into that real quick and uh along with a song chosen to take this interview in and we'll be right back I'm here with uh, our special guest of the podcast. Uh, this is Gregoman doing this week's interview instead of uh, Brelston, who has done the last, uh, all of them. <laughs> and uh, I'm here with uh, Unity member Knight Seraph. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little about yourself? What's, uh, who are you and what are you into? Um, I go by Seraphy on Monster Hunter Tribe. Uh, it's one of my, this is my first Capcom game, and I picked it up about uh, over a year ago, and I've been addicted and hooked ever since, and was led to Unity by some good friends. I do hear that uh, Monster Hunter has that effect on people. They tend to get kind of hooked. Bad. It's really bad. Do you have a, a ballpark <laughs> figure of uh, roughly how many hours you may have put into that game? It's kind of embarrassing. Is this um, <laughs> it's probably um, where am I at? Probably over sixteen hundred now. Sixteen hundred. You know, the first time someone told me they had put that kind of hours into Monster Hunter, I was just like floored. I couldn't like I no longer trusted that person because I thought surely they were lying. You know, it's like two and a half months. 
straight of your life. But then I realized that for Monster Hunter, the, the rules are all different, and that's like an average amount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and for my skill level, it really should, you know, my skill level should be better than it is. But You still kind of struggle. Well, I cart at least once every quest. Sometimes yeah. if I get a good run, you know, I, I go, but I'm a little bit too reckless. I just go in and, and just, you know, hit the hit yeah. the monster. Well, I think if, that, if that's in your nature, it's hard to ever get over that, just like that sort of recklessness. And yeah. Monster, monster Hunter will punish you if you do that too much. I, I've, I've noticed that in Resident Evil also because I've started picking up uh, Resident Evil 5 and I'll just go in and just start shooting and, and not dodge or run away. And yeah. I, I, I die a lot. I yeah. die more in Resident Evil than I do in Monster Hunter. Yeah, that one's got a bit of a curve. I know uh, the mod Seferia, uh, probably a lot of the listeners are familiar with her. Um, she is actually like uh, RE5 Pro. I couldn't believe her wealth of knowledge on the game. And, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, she- I'm running through her boot camp right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Update here. I have actually um, 2,191 hours. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. That's, I, don't, I don't think I've had... I don't think I've spent that much time sleeping. <laughs> so sad. I thought I'd just check that. But, yeah, that's how so much is that, That's just for try? That's just for try. Wow. Have you delved at all into any of the other games? I know there's lots of them. Um, well, Resident Evil 5, getting into that. Um, I, mean, I meant Monster Hunter. Oh, Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah, I bought a PSP last year because I was going on vacation and yeah. I wouldn't be in my Wii, so I bought a PSP, and my only game for my PSP is Freedom Unite. Oh, man. That's, you know, yeah. that's still, to, my, to date, I think that's my favorite one. I'm not really sure why, either. It's just, like, sort of the one I cut my teeth on, and I, it's probably just because that's the one I have the the most beefed up file on mm, yeah the beginner, though. what do you think it was about Monster Hunter that kind of, kind of drew you in to begin with well you know there was a learning curve at first at first there was a lot of reading yeah. and I, I don't read I just go in and just start pushing buttons <laughs> that's just how I do it and so but once I, I started you know accomplishing like a Baroth like oh I finally accomplished that or like when I fought you know, beat my first Diablo. So it's like, yes, it was such that feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. And then um, hopping online, my girlfriend actually told me to get the game. She sadly no longer plays with me. Oh. It's so, um, but once I got online and started hanging with other people, that was really fun. And then I ran into uh, Unity member Jer before mm. he joined Unity. I knew him before Unity. And wow. then hunted with him. He's like, you got to check out this site and, and come sign up and be a member of Unity. And so I did. And I, it just made that level of hunting with other people. There's just that wealth of knowledge of how to gem the armor and what weapon is better than what and how to use a lance. Darius was like helping me. Yeah. You know, lance Joe. And I'm like, I could never do it. And now I can. And, you know, hammering um, Ergon. It's just, there's just a variety. I don't know. I, all of that just enveloped me, and then what keeps me coming back is the is the community. There, yeah, I mean, there there really is near endless depth to the games, and so much so that you really have to re- you have to rely on the community to like really break that surface and get into it. You know, that's I mean, that can be a weakness, but also its greatest strength. I think is that it really is a communal game, and you you share each other's knowledge and. 
you know, you can even share items and stuff. But that's a part of the whole experience. Yeah, it's that group of friends. And then it's kind of fun to have that group of friends and then transfer it to other games. Like, I've also started into Lost Planet 2, yeah. Ether, and uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I know about <laughs> and that. And so the same people. Yeah, so it's like the same people. It's like, it's just... It's fun. Well, for the listeners, you know, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was a game that I thought was super cool from the get-go, but I had stayed well away from because, I mean, mainly because every single person in the office is better than I am. And, you know, I'm just not a great fighting game player, but I respected the game for its coolness and its great roster. And it wasn't until very recently when I discovered that, like, all the Monster Hunter players started playing Marvel (laughs) that I was able to get into it because, like... We're at least starting from a like a similar, you know, perspective. I think we're all yeah. kind of beginners. So like actually uh the two of us, we've been uh sort of part of that same crowd of people playing through it and like we're almost playing it like Monster Hunter players where we're just like teaching each other all this stuff on the fly. Mhm. And everyone's yeah. at kind of a different level. Yeah, Wednesday nights are fight night. Yeah, you've you've been there. I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, you see, I'm really bad. I'm worse than you are. For, I'm just. I'm so bad. But I still come back. It's being with the community, learning each time. Because like I'm so bad yeah. that there's no way to go but up. I can't get any farther yeah. down. I mean, there's something to be said for that. And it does. It feels like every time we play, we learn like a ton of new things. Almost like when you're starting off in Monster Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hey, this is try this, try this. Oh, use your special, use your X, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm ratcheting out, you know, doing these shooter games, doing these fighting games, which I really haven't done very much of in the past. It's, it seems like it's very much a time of uh, exploration for you. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like a midlife crisis or something, but it's definitely. I already have an addictive personality yeah. before it was other computer games or reading like all hours of the night and yeah. my friend got me hooked on this and it's stayed with me for over a year so well you know i think that's kind of the the, the cool thing about community and one of the main points is that uh you know if you make pals with someone in one game uh they can sort of inspire you or sort of ease you into games that you might have uh been a little daunted by at first or just like not that attracted to initially but then they're like no no you should play this it's cool it's up your alley because of this and this and this and then you try it out and because you have like this community to play with it's like super fun yep it's a gateway thing yeah yeah that's what safari's done with me with resident evil so um are there things besides games that uh you're particularly into um outside of gaming like in real life i'm a, a huge water sports Fan, like water skiing, wakeboarding, scuba diving. Wow. That's and a lot. so as the summer comes on, I might be on a little bit less and less and, and take some trips, but yeah. I got my PSP so I can still get my Monster Hunter fix in. <laughs> yeah, might not be able to ad hoc on the go, but uh, it's something. I think uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, the only thing left is I was going to ask you for a song recommendation to see us out of here. It has to be from, from Monster Hunter Try. Okay. And and the opening the opening song is my most favorite. I play with the sound off, and so I usually don't hear it. But when I turn on my TV and I have the Wii going, and that first music comes on, it like gets my heart pumping, and I get excited. It's like yes, I'm gonna settle down and play Monster Hunter. Okay, we'll make sure to get that on this podcast and uh, get everybody pumped. 
Anyway, thank you very much, Zerafi, for being with us, and uh, I'll talk to you next time we're playing Marvel. <laughs> that sounds good. Hey, thanks, Burger Man, for having me on. Uh, our pleasure. See ya. Bye. And a big thanks to Seraphie for the interview, and uh, that was some Monster Hunter Tri music bringing us in and out of that. But sitting in with us right now, Greg. Yes. Another game you've been you've been aligned with on Unity was the Devil May Cry Collection. I've been streaming the weeks away. Yes. So we actually have the producer in, in the room with us. Hey guys. Hello. Hi. How's it going? I'm Shanae Bryant. I'm the producer on Devil May Cry HD Collection over here at Capcom. I'm nice. Glad to be here. Nice. So, uh, thanks for coming on first. Thank you. I know you're busy producing. <laughs> um, but what is actually, I guess the most obvious role question is, because I used to be a producer myself oh, really? many years ago, but it was in TV production. Ah. So, like, I know what like, a TV producer does, but then producer is one of those ro- terms that can mean a lot of different it's things. It's kind of amorphous, even yeah. from, like, game company to game company. Yeah. There's, like, a, a lot of different things that qualify as production. Yeah. Hmm. My guess is the difference between game producer and TV producer is probably not... Uh, as different as you think. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that that carries over. Like, I, I have to manage the schedule. I have to manage yep. the budget. Yep. Uh, I have to be the adult in the room, even when, <laughs> when everyone's doing awesome stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This is a really awesome feature. We can't finish it. Right. <laughs> uh, I, so I'm the one who has to make the bad decisions and say, you know what? We need to cut that so that the rest of the game can be as awesome as we can make it. So yeah. right. I get to do, I get to be the bad guy sometimes. What can mm. I say? You have to make the hard decisions. I do have, I have to make the hard decisions. It right. hurts me too. <laughs> yeah. So that comes out next week. About how long, like have, about how long, because we only announced it like late last year, but did, it's, yes. how long has it been in the works? Oh, it, well, I, I, if you check the like blogosphere, it's been in the works for thousands of, of years right. or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we actually were working on it for probably a little over a year, something mm. like that. So, um, yeah, we did announce, I think it was October, somewhere yeah. in that realm. Um, we've been working really, really hard on the project. Uh, mm. You guys probably saw me with uh, Greg last week and, right. and the other Greg yes. producer um, helping very, out. It was very a, confusing a sometimes. Greg sandwich. <laughs> 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 there were multiple Gregs um, uh, helping out on the, the stream last week. Uh, we're all DMC fans, and oh, yeah. you know, we're obviously not very good at the game, right, but we're DMC right. fans, so right. we wanted to make sure we got this thing right. Again, though, as producer... Like, how did you get into the role of, of producer? And, like, I know you've been at Capcom for a while now, but, like, mm-hmm. was there anything, that a path that you took to actually get into this role? Well, on the producer, the production role is actually kind of kind of interesting because we've got people from, like, all different kinds of backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I came from computer engineering background. We had some mm-hmm. folks who were, like, art history majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of folks who have a QA in their background. Um, and we have some folks who've never done QA, you know? Right. Uh, I think the most important thing about production, um, about the producer role, is... Um, 
like I said, you get to, you get to move, you get to basically wear a lot of different hats. Mm. You know, my job as a producer is to do whatever it takes to get the game done, right, right. to get us like out the door. If that requires me to sit down and test the game for the next two weeks, yeah. I will sit down and test the game for the next two weeks. Uh, if I need to do artwork, which you never really wow. want to see producer art, yeah. <laughs> um, I've had games before, not the, not Double May Cry HD Collection. We had the professionals do that, yeah. but uh, on smaller titles before, I've actually had to. Um, call upon the wealth of my Photoshop skills oh, in order wow. to uh, in order to do something that yeah, was yeah. like last minute, let's get the game out sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. So I, I, I like to tell people that the producer is the adult in the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, you know, often it's a room peopled with like designers and mm. programmers and they're all you know, fantastic folks who al- also want to get the game out. Um, but yeah. like I said, the producer has to um, sometimes yeah. just put her foot down and yeah. be like, yeah. you know, we've be got, parent. everyone wants to make a game that's this big. We've got, this much money and this much time right so. no, it's it's something i can i can relate to on 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 both levels because i've I, I, in tv i did a producer so like i had to do exactly that like if it means running a camera if it means running the scripts but i have to also stack the show fill it with content and make sure this thing goes exactly. out without a hitch every day or it's my fault exactly um but then you know that that's a that's a very like results oriented uh, procedural job. Whereas then I went from that into the, when I came into games journalism, which is what I wanted to do. Uh, it was all about creative, like yeah. thinking of thinking of things to do with with streaming or, or contests or articles. So then I got to see the other side of like having when when you're on the creative side, you want to do everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but then somebody has to be like that. You cannot do everything. You literally can't do everything. Yeah. So like I can really understand like the the. The, the dichotomy, the internal struggle of like producing something. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's tough. And I, I don't want to make it sound like it's totally boring and it's all spreadsheets all. And, and PowerPoint presentations. There are a lot of spreadsheets and PowerPoint presentations, which I didn't know about when I got into <laughs> it. Um, but there are some cool parts of it. There are there is actually like you know interaction with the game team on a daily basis, um, sitting in and like testing the game and trying to determine whether game features are really solid mm-hmm. and, and whether they're intuitive for gamers and stuff. There's getting to do those creative parts, which I love doing because yeah. I think that like you know a lot of us got into this because we're all a bunch of really big nerds. Of course, <laughs> and we like playing. It's like games. the only yes. criteria to get in. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I personally, like I said, I came in through QA. Um, I started at okay. a competitive company, EA Sports, like uh, okay. nine years ago, oh. something like that. Worked my way up the ranks, moved over to Midway. God rest its soul. <laughs> uh, and then I've been at Capcom for like the last four years. Um, Capcom was the first company where I actually uh, I moved from QA management into actual uh, QA pr- or into product production, okay. product development. Um, but we've had, like I said, we've had people who've come from all different walks of life in order right. to make it to the industry. It's like we, I think Capcom still, and correct me if I'm wrong, we still run that panel at at, at SDCC at, at San Diego Comic Con of how to get into the business, how to get into the game oh, yeah. industry. Yeah, there was one at WonderCon recently. Yeah, it's it's. I actually did that a couple of years back, and it's really interesting to like sit next to folks I've worked alongside for years. I'm like, wow, that's how you got in the game industry. Yeah, yeah that's really like random. The yeah. how-to is like, nah, everyone has a completely different path. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, it was like I always wanted to be in games. I, mm-hmm. I originally wanted to be in be a programmer. Yeah, at yeah. the time there was no such thing as a game design degree program. Right, and, exactly. And yeah. I thought, hey, I want to make games. The way you make games is you program them. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, like, uh, you know, somewhere in my senior year, I was like, uh, I don't like this programming thing anymore. Mm. Um, let me see what else there is out there. And yeah, wound up at EA testing Madden. So. Wow. <laughs> a lot of rules. That sounds real fun. <laughs> I'm awful at playing Madden, let me tell you. I can kick you guys' butts because you don't work for EA. Uh, right? that's, but, that's almost certainly true. But right. uh, I couldn't beat anybody who worked there. Right. <laughs> Well, that's one of the things they mentioned in one of our, I think our second podcast uh, about QA is like they become oh, the yeah. absolute experts on every game. Oh, absolutely. Like, like in a way that like transcends. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, you know, I respect the guys in QA because, uh, you know, I've done the job. I think it's uh, it's it's a crazy job. And, and for anyone who wants to get into the game industry, I think QA is a great way to start. Yeah. First of all, it's entry level. Mm-hmm. And you will, you will after you've done it for a couple months, you will understand how a game goes from yeah. Yeah. You know, it's design on a sheet of paper into, like, an actual, like, full-fledged $20 million project. Right. So. Yep. So how many projects do you ever have to juggle at one time? Or is it like... Oh, gosh. Uh, it varies. It varies, right? Like right now I'm working on, well, I'm finishing up Devil May Cry HD collection, as mm-hmm. I mentioned before, um, which comes out next Tuesday. So you guys should definitely pick it up. Or if anyone happens to be listening to this in Japan, it came out last Thursday. It's so, already out. Right. Yeah. So buy it right now. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, right now I'm like, finished up Devil May Cry HD collection. Uh, I'm also, uh, the secondary producer on Devil May Cry, the new DMC Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. um, with Alex Jones as the lead producer. He's actually out at Ninja Theory this week. Nice. And uh, I'm working on a third unannounced title oh. that I can't hmm. say too much about of course. right now. I think I would get fired. So I, right. that's probably true. But the thing <laughs> is, like you know, Capcom, we've got tons of tons of new IP that's all like all in development. So I think mm-hmm. guys will have lots of cool stuff to look forward to soon. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, DMCC is out is out soon. Like Tuesday, yeah. actually. Yeah, it comes out on Tuesday. Um, for those of you who don't know about DMCC, Devil May Cry HD Collection, we like to call it. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, like we said, it's it's the, for the the first three Devil May Cry's, uh, Devil May Cry 1, 2, and Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition, mm-hmm. all bundled in one single package, HD resolution, widescreen, um, achievements, trophies, all the good stuff. We've even thrown some bonus content on there. So uh, in terms of bonus content, people did ask that. That was one of really popular question last week. Oh, yeah. Got of course. Un- previously unreleased concept art that you guys can check out. And it's mm. really cool stuff. Um, so go out and buy it. Thirty nine ninety nine. Nice. Cool. All right. All right. Thanks like for coming. Millions of hours of gameplay. Millions. <laughs> yes. Well, no, you can really, we were talking about that on the stream. You can totally dissect, like, especially three and, like, really get into how yeah. the combos work and just, like go nuts i mean that yeah. game almost works like a one-player fighting game in a lot of ways it, so. it really does like i know we talked about it a little bit last week but it like even the, the developing in our side um we had to learn a lot of stuff about the very deliberate decisions that were made oh, yeah. of how Abs- dante moves and Absolutely. how the combos work together for sure it's very cool yeah it's a, it's a stunning game to watch in motion for sure As I, <laughs> because I, I i played one but then missed most of two and three mm-hmm. uh because like i mentioned on the stream like three is actually right when i got into the games industry mm-hmm. so when you come in the beginning you don't get to handle the cool stuff you got to start with the stuff that's not that no one else in the room wants to touch so that's what you, <laughs> yeah. you have to do um so then now that i've you know have need an excuse to go back and play an old game basically because i always need to stay up to speed it's hard to go back and fill in the gaps but these hd collections i love because it gives me a reason and excuse like no no it's new again yeah no absolutely i need to go play two and three now so which i wanted to do but like now i have a ex- good excuse and i've had a lot of friends who said the same thing to yeah. me you know, it's mm-hmm. like oh you work at capcom when are you guys doing that devil may cry hd collection not knowing that it existed it, or that it was right. like, in development yeah. yeah i know it sounds really haughty to say it but it is the game that redefined like the, the 3d action genre yeah it's true um, now you guys can check it out but uh, yeah, thanks for coming by. Yeah, absolutely. And, Thank uh, you for pleasure. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. And coming back into the room is Seth. We only had three mics, so we had to abandon one. I hit the eject button. And jettison yourself. Just, just hung around in the toilet stall for a little while. <laughs> yeah. just paced back and forth <laughs> quietly. Um, that takes us into Greg. Yes, sir. Oh, God. We are officially in... Uh, Greg and Goblins, which is the digital deals with Greg and Goblins. Hey. Take it away. All right. So I guess the, the first and biggest update for the week is that the first uh, DLC chapter for Osiris Wrath has been released for PSN and Xbox Live. Um, this is episode 11.5, 199 on PSN or 160 Microsoft points. And uh features a new 
uh, hand-drawn anime style to deliver a little more of the story. Shows a little more of what happened between chapters uh, 11 and 12. Additionally, there will be more chapters coming out in the coming weeks. On April 3rd, we have episode 15.5 for the same price. On April 24th, we have a four-episode bundle coming out for $6.99 or 560 Microsoft points, and that will just flesh out more of the story. And and then on May 8th, we've got the first of the Street Fighter-themed DLC, where you'll actually be able to fight it out with uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. And uh, on May 15th, they're adding Akuma, and both of those will be 199 or 160 Microsoft points each. Moving along, the Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Vita versions update for Jill and Shuma DLC should be out. So uh, if you weren't able to download those after having bought them on the console version of MVC3, you should be able to download those now. As far as the Cap Capcom store goes, uh, you can pre-order DMCC and get a $10 off voucher for an Ebony and Ivory concept art t-shirt. It's Ooh. quite classy. I've seen those shirts. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. It's actually it's literally concept art they found lying around. Like, hey, that would make a good shirt. It was underneath and somebody's chair. Yes. Um, so Mr. <laughs> sitting in the garbage. They're like, wait a minute. Mr. Cry's chair, I believe, they found underneath. Yes. Yeah. Well, just Mr. It's a crap joke. Yeah, it was good hustle. Yeah, I just want to. <laughs> you got to run up on the ball. You can't stand unless the ball comes to you. Right. Sorry. So those tees normally go for nineteen ninety five, and you can buy those off the store as well. But if you use the ten dollar voucher, it's ten dollars less than that. Mm, oh. Hang on, let me. So fourteen dollars. You uh, keep going. Twenty uh, dollars. Uh, there you go. It's five cents more. Um, other deals on the store if you purchase. Uh, <laughs> Street Fighter Cross Tekken, you get a free uh, Street Fighter 25th Anniversary 8-bit style lanyard featuring 8-bit renditions of all of the Street Fighter mm. 4 characters. And uh, some of you from last week's um, community question, uh, the last episode we did the community question and it was uh, first Street Fighter character that really stuck out to you, and uh, we had five winners for those lanyards, and only two of you... Uh, responded to my victory message that Man. you guys won. So there's three of them that are still available. So if you... Uh, I, I believe I pointed it out in the article on Unity who won the lanyards. So uh, you may want to check your PMs in case. Yes. Because you might be one of those people. I feel like the people who get the coolest gifts are always last to respond to PMs. I'm not sure why. Well, there's a lanyard in some of your future. There you have it. Um, also on the store, you can... Uh, if, you, if you purchase Dragon's Dogma... You will get a free customizable bobble bud um, that lets you make your own pawn. It's pretty cool. It comes with decal sheets and four different accessories, so you can choose your class and like your eye color and stuff like that. It's a pretty cool idea. Um, yeah, the Osro one was already pretty neat. Yeah, the Osro's six, six-arm bobble bud. Yeah, that was that's my favorite bobble bud to date. It's a um, long list. Yes. So also, I was going to talk briefly about the Capcom bundles that you can get on PSN, which are comparable to the Capcom Digital Collection that just came out for mm. Xbox. Um, there's actually two, and these came out in like 2009, so um, they don't have quite the same content, but for $49.99, you can get the Capcom Super Pack, which contains Rocketman, Wolf of the Battlefield, Commando 3, Street Fighter 2 HD Remix, 1942, whatever the subtitle for that was. Joint Strike. There you go. Uh, Puzzle Fighter HD, Age of Booty, which was not on the uh, Xbox One, right. and Flock. And then there's also the Combo Pack, which is 
much of the same content, but not as much, and it's $29.99 <laughs> instead of $49.99. It's $19.42, Wolf of the Battlefield, and Rocketman plus the Rocketman DLC. I should note that this predates um, BCR2. BCR2, yeah. So that's why that's not on there. Nice. Does that conclude your... That's, uh, that does it. All right, that's let's all close this out. Just want to make sure we don't continue the podcast still in it. Otherwise, it's just one big deal. Right. And uh, can't have that. No, sir. Uh, moving on to community question of the week. Last, yeah, Like I said, the last one was a uh, first Street Fighter character that kind of stuck out to you, made an impression, made you want to play that character. Uh, we ran through uh, the post an article on Unity that talked about some of the strong entries. Um, I read them all in the thread. Uh, it's really it's one of those threads that's fun to just go back and read and find out where everyone kind of a starting point. It's a shared memory we all have of at some point uh, you were in there trying to decide a character for the first time. So mm-hmm. It's this common ground that I always like to see how everyone leans. But uh, yeah, those five were chosen out of there to win the lanyards. So uh, again, if you two of you, they're in the mail right now. I mailed them this week and the other three, uh, maybe check your PMs because you might have some cool information waiting for you. This week's question is actually a uh, much bigger scale for the winners. Um, we actually got a fight stick for PS3 and 360. Um, which also comes with the bag to tote them around that has like the added depth and padding for uh, specifically for the fight sticks. So uh, quite a bundle of packaging quite a dramatic jump in the stakes. This is a serious, serious business. And how we want you to enter is uh, to actually post a, just like from your phone or your laptop or or however you can do it, uh, just post a video up on YouTube and recount your favorite arcade memory in honor of getting a fight stick. Uh, many of us should still have some me- measure of arcade memory. I know they were fading. Uh, so if you're, s- I don't know, I feel like there's still some skeletons of them roaming uh, roaming the wastelands of the United States. Mm-hmm. But definitely all the ones from where I grew up, they're like shells of their former selves. That's pretty sad. But uh, 80s, 90s arcade memory is really a part of, big part of a lot of our childhoods and teen years. Yeah. So, uh no, I think literally every single arcade from my hometown has been converted into an upscale Mexican restaurant. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very specific fate. Yeah. <laughs> no middle of the middle of the no, road Mexican restaurant. Like, well, maybe more middle upscale, you know, like upper middle class style. Okay. Like you you sit down and flautas played. So what would that cost me? <laughs> Say what? A plate of flautas. What would that? Flautas would go and nowadays probably like ten ninety nine plus tip. I would say that's. I, I don't know what to call that upscale. Not upscale. Well, you still have to use the token conversion machine before you can get any of this food. So, <laughs> but if, yeah, they still need. They still need the tokens. <laughs> I'm sorry, like I don't make the rules. You but still get a putter. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yeah, did yours have a thing attached to it? We had, well, so the put place... food into my mouth. That yeah, sounds pretty <laughs> fun, actually. It's a novelty. Pay yeah. extra for that. Uh, we had the mini golfing games, which... Uh, okay, had, I see. Uh, one of the the game, one, something that was encompassed by the term games was actually laser tag. Okay. So... There were there was... There's never a laser tag in my arcades, but there was a laser tag that tried to be near the biggest arcade <laughs> in the area and wanted to really capitalize it's a valiant on valiant effort. And it worked for like two, three years. Used How it. close did it get to the arcade? Uh, it was the next building. That's pretty close. I mean, it worked, but it like, I mean, eventually, after you laser tag like four or five hundred times, you're like, oh, this is. I actually hate laser tag rather much. <laughs> I couldn't tell which way that's, you were going to go. I was that's like, perfect. Yeah. Once again, we could not disagree more. <laughs> really? <laughs> 
You know, like, they had it at that reorg event. There was a reorg event with laser tag, and I wanted to appreciate it because it was a cool idea. It had the three way struggle. They were yeah, like, the Operation Raccoon City event, which we had, uh, right. which had like laser tag for there was Spec Ops, there was USS, but then there were also zombies roaming the laser tag field, like, it's just a, as it's a great idea. I just I hate the concept. It's not that I hate the concept. I hate the execution every single place that I've ever tried it. Because you can never tell when you get a hit. And you always feel like you're being hit constantly. Maybe you should take not cover. Not me. Maybe you should <laughs> take cover. I do. They hit me when I'm undercover. The journalist did get smashed in the mouth at that event, so. Oh, really? It wasn't all fun. That's a. <laughs> yeah, those guns are pretty heavy. They, well, they were back then. The, yeah, they're also going to find out that they're radioactive, I'm sure. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, they were shooting real lasers. Don't Why we like, do that? Yeah. And they were shooting x rays every time you pulled the trigger. Why would we <laughs> I love the scientist that manages to figure out, like, gets a research grant or <laughs> research people that played laser tag and isolate them as a group. No, it turns out it was fine. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I really wanted to be the guy that broke, blew the lid off they laser tag. They called me crazy. <laughs> and they were right. Right. It was crazy. Laser tag's fine. <laughs> and dust polish off that story laser tag confirmed safe uh, there's gotta be someone out there who sympathizes with me they're like it's not that good I, I liked I liked it when you'd get the right group of people who would play and, and do it right it was fun and then also liked how you could add environmental things to the room like little turrets basically yeah. or grenades that would go off and get anyone like, in the in the like an area effect kind like, of thing it's almost all there but the satisfaction isn't there you don't ever feel satisfied I want like something don't in, put my words in my head I want like well, I'm putting words in my mouth, and then, <laughs> and then giving. And then, you give, should keep those words in your mouth. Spelling them, <laughs> and then Man. giving them to you. Yeah. <laughs> the magic of vibrating air. Okay, where where were we going with no, this? Right. Uh, yes. So this is not your clearly not your favorite arcade uh, memory. I'm sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, if you want to just go on YouTube, and then after you post it on YouTube. Um, we will uh, we'll go through the audio. We'll pick some winners. We'll play some of the winners on the podcast. Uh, it'll be about two weeks till we get the winners because Captivate is coming up, and then uh, Pax East will be out of out of the office. And also, we won't have a traditional episode. I think we'll probably have some Captivate related podcast uh, after the show. So as soon as we can get and choose the winners, uh, we will. I just want to give a proper amount of space and let you guys know heads up. There won't be like we'll announce the winner the next day or something, but. Uh, just share your favorite arcade story. Just upload it to YouTube. Um, tell us just some, you know, it could be something from a year ago if you happen to have an arcade that's managed to limp along into the modern day. Or uh, if you're like me and many of people around our same age, uh, it's going to be some early to mid-90s uh, tale of woe and grief and triumph at the very end. And I don't know. Greg, do you want to kick this off? <laughs> <laughs> Laser tag. Uh, favorite arcade memory? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, so I was thinking about this, and, you know, initially I was thinking, well, probably something from childhood when we actually had arcades around. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, well, but when I lived in Japan, there were actually awesome arcades everywhere. That's true. Um, it was, it was hard to single out any one memory, but I did remember there was one novelty that I thought was just so over-the-top ridiculous. Actually, I can think of two. Um, but there are two over-the-top novelties that really stuck out. Um, the first one was the elevator action arcade game, hmm. which only came out a couple of years ago. But it has actual moving elevator doors on the sides of the screen that play into the game. So there's like a there's like an elevator closed door button. Huh. And it's just a light gun shooter. It's a light gun shooter, and it's on rails like any light gun shooter. Um, but then there will be segments where it's like, oh, we've got to get to the elevator and escape this monster because there are now monsters in elevator action. Huh. And, 
and you have to like hammer the closed doors button and that's literally cool. like actual moving elevator doors will close wow. on the screen that's kind of cool yeah uh, so that was cool i played through uh with a friend and it was good times um and then the other one was there's a game called flip the tea table that's the best translation i can come up with seth is nodding <laughs> i've played this game yes. pl- it's, a, it's a good stress reliever it's uh so like it's not always a tea table but basically you have a physical table that's your controller and um on screen there are a variety of settings you can choose from including uh tea room or office or i forget what else maybe classroom it's like a living room uh, also. living room yeah yeah, yeah. And all you do is, like, stuff happens on screen, and it's, like, a, a bunch of things that are supposed to sort of irritate you, and then you're supposed to slam the table at opportune times to, like, surprise people, I guess, for points. And then uh, you, you like, build up a gauge or something, and then in the end you're able to flip the table over entirely, which you physically do with this table controller. Is it tethered to something? And, uh, I yeah, I guess so. It's, like, this big plastic contraption that's built in. And when you flip it over, it... You're supposed to create like a chain reaction of surprise that causes people to like fly out the window and explode. And of stuff. course, of course. And I was just watching some guy play it, and he was like a pro player. <laughs> I was just so mesmerized by it. Uh, canceling a slap into a flip and like yeah, getting, getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting yeah, everything going. <laughs> nice. Definitely for me, they all revolve around the the early '90s period where fighting games were really blowing up. But rather than do something specifically fighting game. Uh, um, which includes like, I think I mentioned it before elsewhere, but like being like 11 or 12 and playing Street Fighter 2 and always knowing, oh, this is a big game. This is super popular. This is a big deal. Um, and then turning around and I'm only like, like I said, 11 or 12, but then like turning around and immediately like in my face is somebody's like chest and there's like a crowd and then like, cause you're 12, you are not very perceptive. Right. And this, that's like hammered home. Like, wow, I'm in a crappy bowling alley. <laughs> in like middle of nowhere and there's a crowd around this one arcade game and like that doesn't happen like in the arcades uh two towns over occasionally you'll get that but like if it's even spilling over into middle of nowhere bowling alley like that's that like, just blew me away that like i bumped into somebody who's like probably twice my age and like i have to like excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me <laughs> and like get out of a crowd I'm like wow this is huge Wow. It was, there's not even a point to even try to get back in line because it's like everybody wants to crack at this thing. Yeah. And that that has stuck in my mind my whole life. And then something else that's probably around the exact same time as being on vacation in Florida, knowing that there was a second Ninja Turtles arcade game somewhere out there because <laughs> we all played the first one. And just knowing that I knew that there was because I'd read about it in magazines and I knew it existed, but no arcade where I was had bought it and bothered to get it. Never seen it. And it was also back pre-internet there's no like game magazines are your only outlet for that kind of stuff or word of mouth and the word of mouth dries out when there are no arcades to give you that um but then walking into an arcade almost on the cusp of when i would have stopped caring about the fact that there was a second ninja turtles arcade game but then seeing it and the fact that it had the pizza power theme song from that crap the horrible coming out of their shells theme song from ninja turtles when they went on tour and played all these (laughs) instruments and like dressed up as glam rock it's Man, Skipping Stones. You want to cry to a Ninja Turtles theme? Uh, Ninja Turtles know how to write a meaningful song about Skipping Stones. It's a metaphor. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Pizza Power theme song comes up, and it one, it was still a time when voice in games was still like, wow, voice. That's crazy. So the arcade game singing Pizza Power to me 
blaring out of it as like a siren song that's like around the arcade like following it like a cartoon tr- scent trail around like where i know i can hear it and then seeing it oh my god and then just right there title screen turtles in time and just x-rayed my skeleton <laughs> on the wall it was so so amazing <laughs> um, and that really sticks out for me uh, looking that's, at that's actually a good segue into one of my non-street fighter memories good. uh <laughs> Also on vacation, and I was out by the pool, but of course, I wasn't really interested in the pool. I know by pools at hotels, there's going to be an arcade machine. True. Uh, maybe mm. more than one. And in fact, there was a game, uh, which we may have talked about before and nobody else remembers, called Gondomania, uh. which is like you sort of ride on these scooters that look like kind of like the uh, from uh, Return of the Jedi, the, the speeder bikes. Speeder bikes, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But they're tricked out. It's a shooter where it's sort of top down and you get weapons and you can power up your bike and it's uh pretty cool actually it's kind of like uh ikari warriors kind of angle um but on speeder bikes and uh you collect money and power up your ship it's pretty awesome but um anyway you had your skeleton blown to the wall there was some standing water in that arcade (laughs) and i was i was shocked within an inch of my life (laughs) at some point by playing it (laughs) i could feel it in my teeth so that, wow. that definitely secured itself in my memory wow. um, in a positive way. I'm looking it up and I see the I see the unit. Yeah, yeah. it looks like a Kari Warriors. It does seem kind of dangerous to have a pool right next. Uh, to Yeah, it. there was yeah. a yeah. There was and when you mentioned that, I'm like that was incredibly common. Like any hotel. <laughs> like I remember playing like Pinbot like next to people doing cannonballs and like water splashing all over the machine. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> and like MK2 being in a water park like. In between two other water slides, and I'm like, the, all the machines like got standing water on it, and wow. I'm like, I'm just now remembering all this, yeah, and playing it dripping wet, and like just thinking, I want to tear your head off, not realizing we may both die in the <laughs> process of playing this game, and they'll blame the game, not the water park. Yeah. Violent game Violent commits video teens games. to electrocute yeah, themselves. Teens. I had uh, from there, there was just a, a minor blip, but it filled me with joy as I, I didn't have a lot of money growing up uh, to afford the arcades. So I had to make one coin go a long way. Mm. And I realized that the uh, the coin mech on the gauntlet machine, if you nudged it the right way, would just trigger um, hmm. as if you had dropped a coin. Mm. This was this was lore passed down, right? And uh, so, if you could knee the machine in just the right way, kneeing the machine, I remember. Yes, it would trigger another. And this happened. There had been various other machines in my vast arcade experience where this was a, a known trick, but uh, the gauntlet machine. Oh man, I mean, because other ones were like Russian attack and like uh-huh. some pretty B list kind of games. You know, bad dudes. I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but uh, the gauntlet. Come on, that's a it's, pretty sweet game to yeah, have. Infinite. Sure. Infinite. I mean, uh, it's quarters. designed to just take your money, and yes. then if you can suck or circumvent that, then... yeah, no, it was epic. Uh, that was pretty amazing. And then, of course, obligatory Street Fighter memory. Um, uh, I'd gotten pretty good at at Champion Edition, and I remember, you know, there were there were locals at the arcade, but we didn't really talk to each other. We sort of, you know, I had my friends and my crew, and I then there were strangers or other people who I didn't really talk to, but that were really good, mm. and we all sort of hated each other, and we'd sort of eye each other down, right. And there was uh, a guy whose name I actually knew. His name was Jose. He was really good. A guy we just called Oakley's. Who had <laughs> Paris Sweet Oakley's. Of, because of his hat. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Or Oakley shoes. Um, and, uh, and then a guy who 
just mentally, I remember as the fry cook. Uh, I don't know what his deal was, but he smelled like fries and often had like an apron. Somehow not wearing the apron, but there was an apron like sticking out of his pocket or something. So nice. Yeah, he smelled like grease. But those were the three top dogs in the arcade. And I'd gotten pretty good, you know, and I could always take a shot at them. But uh, early in my Street Fighter career, and I just remember walking in one day, and it was like in slow-mo. And I was like, I walked in the room, you know, it's like somebody entering the dance floor, a good dancer. It's a pretty bad analogy. Okay, it's like a good Street Fighter player entering the arcade. (laughs) In fact, what it exactly was. And I just remember thinking to myself... I'm going to slaughter all of those guys tonight. <laughs> all of them right in a row. And I did. Nice. Wow. So I pointed over the left field wall, hit <laughs> a homer, it. and <laughs> sent them all back to the change machine. And I just was like, ooh, take that, Oakleys. Because <laughs> even if you just get them <laughs> once, it's like oh, you're not I, invincible anymore. I got them all, man. I went on a probably 20, 24, 25 game streak. Went through, ran through all the top dogs at least twice. Nice. And uh, Was yeah. this still in the Blanca days? No, I had moved on by that yeah. point. I was yeah. playing Ryu, so... It was, oh. uh, it was uh, my first my first experience of just being feeling like I had good level opponents, like strong players, mm. and just dominating them. Nice. Um, and, I wish uh, I knew what that felt like. <laughs> right. Just of that. Yeah, just feeling your teeth sink into their necks and watching them <laughs> slink away back to the change machine in defeat, and then wow. there's just sort of the sense that something has changed here. Like right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this is different. Kind of like, did you see Christmas Story? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Remember where he beats up Scott Farkas at oh, one yeah. point, and then, like, things were just different after that? <laughs> like, Scott Farkas would never really mess them. Yeah. You could just tell, like, no longer will Scott Farkas terrorize this kid. And that was that was pretty much it. And the rules of this arcade have changed. That's right. You are now no longer the, the three top dogs. Nice. It's, it's now just me. <laughs> you guys can battle there's for not, second There's place. not four top dogs. There's only me. Yes. So again, other people suffering is really what it comes. Again, to it came back. That's a nice bookend on the whole show. <laughs> we'll definitely play the winners. Um, one PS3, one 360, uh, fight stick for Street Fighter Cross Tekken edition of those sticks. Uh, it comes with the bag to carry them in. Should you need to go through customs or something and don't want to put it in actual luggage, or just want to have some branded thing to tote them around, it in. protects the shaft. If it, you must know, yes, there's a special <laughs> piece of foam so that it won't torque your shaft. It's true, uh, which can be a problem if you just stuff it in a bag. You it's come true. out, you, your contacts are messed up, the springs are off. It can become disconnected from the base. It's worth your investment if you're a serious, especially player. if it's free. It, right. Yeah, that, the investment is zero. It's it's a win-win. Um, but yeah, also uh, be sure to specify in those videos which, or at least in the message to me, which of them you want. Like, uh, if you want to specify platform, so please tell, let us know the platform. Let us know your favorite arcade memory, and uh, we'll get those winners picked uh, probably on the next podcast. Which uh, we'll have some stuff from Captivate, obviously, which is coming up soon. So it may not be those that that show, but uh, we'll keep you abreast. And uh, thanks for listening, CapCommunity.com. Vote us up on iTunes. Leave comments there. Thanks for listening. And uh, you guys are nodding at me, so I'm going to take that as a sign to slowly <laughs> slip in, slip away. Oh. Bye-bye, everybody. Actually, really quick, taking us out, uh, Mega Ran uh, messaged me and said he made a podcast uh, theme song for us, and that's what's going to take us out this week, and it's actually pretty amazing. And i got to give a shout-out to Mega Ran. He's one of the first uh, big fans that I was able to really do something for. We managed to get him a license to actually use yeah. uh, Mega awesome. Man. On the albums for the low price of zero dollars, which nice. took a lot of doing, but it felt very cool. Like we could actually make a big connection between yeah. fans and the company. So he's been an old friend and someone whose career I've uh, tracked closely and cool. done awesome stuff. For yeah, us. he used the uh, classic Capcom intro jingle, uh, as made famous by the Street Fighter Two uh, for Super Nintendo, 
use that to basically lay the groundwork for a whole song. And uh, it's only like a minute long. It's meant to be a you know, podcast song. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. Check it out and check out his other stuff. Mega Ran, always good. We posted some of his songs on Unity. Um, yeah, check it out. Thanks for listening and see you next time. See ya. They accept all my imperfections. Sorry for the disconnection. But here's all the missing sections. You know Mega Brand came equipped with weapons. I don't mean Smith and Wessons, but the gun smoke will choke ya. We do it for the culture. Lights of the round controllers up in hostess. It's a beautiful world. I'm smelling everything. Take flight and soar on legendary wings. No swagger from Mike Hagger. Wrestler turned mega, turned teacher, turned rapper with mad gear. Leveled up from last year. Trust me, it's dynamite. Mike from the third strike to final fight. So I'm going stay locked in since 83, way past 2010. You never heard of this live ass, the Cap Community Podcast. So I'm going stay locked in since 83, past 2K10. You never heard of this live ass, the Cap Community Podcast.